My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. The show dedicated to exploring all the ways that the over 40 crowd, the midlifers, can thrive at work and life in this fast and ever-changing world of ours. This show is brought to you by Briefing Notes, a digital newsletter that delivers curated resources and information to help Gen Xers and late boomers work well and live well in our midlife. Head on over to thebriefingnotes.com to subscribe for free and get the next edition this Sunday. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks. And this is the second episode in our series, uh, Season 6, the theme of which is Reimagining Ourselves. In the last episode, we heard about Tara McMullen's transformation, a roughly, what, about four years or so journey in which she became the kind of person and the kind of leader that she wanted to be by embracing new habits and becoming a runner, a power lifter, a climber, um, all the things that she never thought she would ever be or that she would even be interested in doing, really. And yet, this is who she is today. These things about her climbing, running, power lifting, these things are core to her identity today and integral to how she shows up in the world. So, that is definitely one version of reimagining ourselves, embracing the kind of person that we never thought we could ever be. My guest today, Yvonne Marchese, and her story highlights another kind or another version of reimagining ourselves. This one's about leaning in even more, leaning into who we have always been. It's about looking at our experiences and the things that we've done in our life, in our career, finding the common thread across, and then seeing clearly, perhaps for the first time even, who we really are at our core, and really leaning into that, really asking ourselves, how else can we stretch ourselves here? How else can we grow here? Yvonne Marchese is a professional photographer and a former actress. She's also a mom and a wife, and since 2020, a podcaster. She is the host of Late Bloomer Living, a weekly podcast that delivers fresh perspective on midlife living through candid conversations with people who have busted through their midlife doldrums by stepping into the unknown. I don't know why I'm using that voice, but there you go. <laughs> anyway, Yvonne calls herself a serial Pivoter. And my recent chat with her focused on this latest reimagining of herself as a podcaster, how it came about, why it came about, and what her experience has been so far through this transformation. Now, I myself had a similar journey in 2017 when I started this podcast. And so I also shared my own experiences during our chat. And so you're going to hear me talk about what it was like for me. And what was interesting is, or was interesting for me anyway, is how Yvonne and I have approached this experience very differently. 
I can honestly say that I wasn't as bold or as brave as Yvonne was or is even. Now, I wanted to highlight this because um, this whole thing, this this listening to other people's stories or experiences, whether on a podcast or reading their posts on social media, maybe we're not doing it deliberately or consciously that there's this tendency to compare our journey with theirs. And it's very important for us to remember that it is not about that. It's not about comparing our journey. It's not to say someone else's path was more exciting or more challenging or more creative or braver. In our path to reimagining ourselves and becoming who we can be or who you want to be, we also have to embrace who we are and our stations in life, what we are able to do and when we're able to do them. There isn't one way to do this, and we must honor our way. As I said just now, Yvonne was definitely bolder and braver as she stepped into becoming a podcaster. That's not been my experience, but part of that is because she was leaning into who she has always been, whereas I wasn't. Part of my transformation was about discovering what it meant for me to be a podcaster, whereas it was never a question for Yvonne. These stories that you're going to hear in Season 6 are meant to inspire and motivate and to encourage us to think about our reimaginings, and they're never ever meant to be prescriptive. So as you listen to Yvonne, I would invite you to ask yourself who you are at your core. Maybe the specifics, podcasting or storytelling in this case, maybe these things don't apply to you specifically, but perhaps there is something else, something else that underline your lifetime of experiences and pursuits that can point to who you are at your core. Can you lean into that even more? And reimagine yourself showing up, though, you know, differently maybe, but also even more in line with who you have always been. Okay, without further ado, meet Yvonne Marchese. Storytelling has been like the thread um, along everything that I've ever done theater to photography and now to podcasting. It's all about storytelling. And for a while there, um, Oh, gosh, going back about 18, 19 years ago, I was a big fan of just radio, of um, This American Life. I would listen to that, wouldn't miss an episode, and I got really interested in the idea of doing radio production at that time, telling people's stories, but I didn't have like a a thread to connect those stories, and it was kind of, and, and I didn't, I way back then, podcasts didn't exist. And I was like, do I have to go back to school for broadcast production? What do I need to do? It all seemed very, um, very hard to grip my head around, you know. And then I had kid. I got married. I had kids, and <laughs> life went flying by. And uh, you know, here we are. Um, so podcasts came along, and I, I just listened to a lot of podcasts. Then this idea came up, and I was like, oh, let's do that. It's interesting when you talked about storytelling as a thread throughout your career. And of course, photography, which is where you've been focused on the last few years, is definitely a certain kind of storytelling. 
but you're behind the camera and mm-hmm. you're not usually the subject mm-hmm. and we don't usually hear you quote I mean we hear you through the composition of the photos themselves but we don't right. hear you literally hear you whereas obviously when you are behind the mic or in front of the camera we are literally hearing you seeing you and that kind of stuff so was that a big sort of uh step up for you allowing yourself to be heard in a different way as when you are an artist behind the camera? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. In well, in in ways. Um because I chose the format of doing it as an interview format. Mm. Uh, it's it's interesting because I, I hate to have my photo taken. I love <laughs> to be behind the camera. Says the photographer. <laughs> right. And but I do love um I love acting. I mean, doing theater was amazing. And what was what I really loved about it was having a script, taking somebody else's words and putting life into them and uh telling the story as best I could with my vehicle using their words. But public speaking now is a whole other thing, yes. much more personal, much more um vulnerable for me. And uh, so the podcast definitely treads the water between the two things, uh, because occasionally I'll force myself to do a solo episode. Um, and that's when I feel very exposed and very nervous. And uh, yeah, but but once I'm like, if I'm interviewing somebody and I'm into their story, it is not a thought. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Um, so for me, for example, you know, I did I did not have any kind of acting or broadcasting experience whatsoever before I jumped into podcasting a couple or no, three years ago now. For me, one of the biggest step up is just getting used to my voice. Mm. Mm-hmm. My spoken voice, which is not something that I paid attention to before. What was your experience like? That was easier because that came through my theater training. And mm-hmm. because I did do, um, I have done some, some recordings. I've done some video work and theater, you know, and, and so I, I, I jumped that hurdle back in my, 20s, I would say, um, got comfortable with here because boy, yeah, the first time you hear your own voice back at you, it is a little horrifying. Um, and uh, so I, I've, I've, I've learned to become comfortable with that part of it, that that's okay. And what about the experience of doing solos? How has that been for you? So you said something about every now and again, you quote unquote, force yourself to do solos. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what that's like for you? Yes. Um, I I write out what I'm going to say. I don't, I don't wing it mm-hmm. because that gets me closer to the feeling of having a script. Oh, there's a little bit of, um, I'll, a little bit of I give myself wiggle room, mm-hmm. but I know what I'm gonna say when I do a solo show. I, I I put a lot of thought into it. And then once I have that structure, then I feel like, okay, now I can go forward. But if I were to if I were to just jump on live and start letting that thread unwind, I would be so lost. And I, I think I'd sound like a com- a complete idiot and <laughs> 
So, so I was wondering because of your background and training in theater, when you have that script, does it, do do you find that you're closer to performing? And I ask that question because I was told by someone, a podcaster, that I respect. That one of the things that I needed to get comfortable with is actually performing the script. Like there is an act of performing. You're not just reading. You're not just saying words. There's an act of performing. Yes. Especially because it's just audio, and the listener needs to hear your emotion,、mm-hmm. and so you need to actually perform. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I I do. I I mean, it probably that part probably comes a little more natural to me at this point because of my theater training, and I probably I don't think about it as acting, but I'm sure that that's what's probably happening.、Um, I I do let my like if I'm if I'm saying I'm excited, I smile and I'll I'll let myself get excited the way I would if I was you know doing theater and I'm supposed to be excited at this point <laughs> that you know I'll be like okay what do I need to tap into to like I'll let myself feel and and I, they're my words so it's pretty easy to connect. To um to what I've written, you know, yeah. So there's a certain amount of it. And then when you're the acting as the interviewer, do you feel, uh, like how do you take on the role of guiding the story through the questions that you're asking? So how do you how do you do that? <laughs> That's funny. I do have um. I don't know why I'm laughing, except that it's sometimes I feel like、uh, I'll I'll let the conversations go a little far afield, you know.、Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm laughing at myself because sometimes I forget to be the guide, and it just ends <laughs> up <laughs> it just ends up becoming a conversation.、Um, but I do have like some basic questions that I'm pretty sure that I know with. Just about every interview, I know that this is the nut of what I'm going to want to talk about. And then,、um, if there's something particular about a person or what they're doing that's a little different that I really want to get into the nitty gritty, I will have those questions in mind for myself. And、um, and then basically, when I'm having and I and I do try to get those to them in advance so that they're so they're not surprised by anything. But then the conversation is really it really does kind of just go where it goes, and I'll occasionally look down and and check a check a thing and go okay yeah I want I want to make sure I ask that or they'll say something that I'm like I realize okay I want to know more about that first、yes. of all. That's interesting.、Um, that's exciting. Tell me more. You know,、um, so I I let the conversation kind of go naturally where it's going to go, but I do have a framework just sitting in the back of my head. You know, going back to what you said before, which is the storytelling part,、mm-hmm. you as a storyteller, this way of getting to a story, how is it different from? All the other times that you've been storytelling, because this way of storytelling, when you're interviewing, not when you're doing solo, but when you're、mm-hmm. interviewing, depends on the other person. Yes.、Right? Well, I guess the same thing with acting, right? You, you depend on the other actor, but、yes. like this way of storytelling depends a lot on the person that you're talking with. Right. right? Yeah, it's a great question.、Um, for theater, yeah, I mean, I mean, 
of course, there's improv theater. So that, whew, that is a scary beast and, and fun. Oh my gosh. But, but terrifying. And my husband does that and is wonderful at it. And, you know, but I'm like, oh my gosh, just give me a script. I'm good. Um, so, but at the same time, like you said, you've got another actor on stage with you. There are things that happen that are surprises you that, that you just got to roll with it and kind of keep that again, keep that you've got that structure, um, that you've been rehearsing and, uh, and you're familiar with, with photography, the way I approach photography, you know, besides just doing like a simple headshot session, um, and even then there's a certain amount of this give and take with the person and kind of mm. seeing kind of I've, I love the the in the moment finding what works. And that's really exciting to me. And I love doing that with family f- sessions where you've got kids and it's like, okay, this kid's shy um, or this kid is rambunctious. I'm just going to have them throw leaves at me. And, you know, this one likes to jump or this one's like, uh, and so there's a certain amount of just trying to find the story in the moment with that person that, that I just, I love. And it's very similar to having that conversation um, in a podcast, I, I love talking to people one on one. I'm I'm much more awkward in a large group situation. I am awkward, but um, but I love one on one with people and being able to kind of dig down into ideas and just see where that goes. You know, as a total segue, it's amazing how I have heard this of so many. From well, not so many. It's not like I talk to a lot, but like from actors and actresses, what you just said, because it, to me it's amazing. Because they, I find them so comfortable in front of the camera. How could you not be comfortable in group set? You know that kind of stuff. But I hear that all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I am like I have never. I haven't really done the personality type thing, but I'm an extroverted introvert. If, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so, um, I'm, I'm comfortable getting up in front of people and speaking if I know what mm-hmm. I'm speaking about. If yeah. I have a going back to the script type of yes. you know, thing, right? Right. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but so, so I'm comfortable with that, but then I get my energy back from being by myself. Yes. Um, and, and kind of going into my little hidey hole and having some me time and, uh, and being able to recharge that way. But I'm, I'm very charged up as well by one on one conversations with people that, that gives me energy too. And, and going back to what you were saying about like when you were describing a scene or a potential shoot where, say, the kid is shy or you're trying to get them out of there, you know, to get comfortable with the camera. I heard that it's kind of similar too. like you, you're coaxing the, the story out of the person, mm-hmm. right? So in podcasting, when we're doing interviewing, it's the questions, it's the back and forth that we're doing to get the person out to tell their story. Whereas in when you're behind a camera and you're shooting a person, it's how you interact with that person to get them out of their shell a little bit to show themselves. Yeah. So I see, I see the similarity. You know, telling people what we decided to do is a story in and of itself. I think for the more extroverted ones, um, sharing their news is a no-brainer. It's very exciting, and of course, they're going to tell people. For the more introverted ones like me, (laughs) it's always a thing. Do we tell people? What do we say? When do we say? 
Who do we tell first? I, I think I started with um, some close friends um, talking about it, talking about what I wanted to do. Um, I got a lot of confused looks. <laughs> As in, why are you doing this or what are you doing? Yes, both. Both, both, both. And uh, hilarious. And then, you know, really, it was about a, at least a year, maybe a year and a half, where I had the idea percolating in my head. And I knew I wanted to do it, but I was also in the middle of doing a reboot on my photography business and changing my offerings and really wanted to put my focus there. So for about a year, um, I just put it on the back burner. It, but but the truth is, is besides it being about not having the bandwidth to do it for that year, I also was feeling like a complete imposter. It was like, who am I? what do I have to say? There's so many podcasts out in the world. Who needs another one? You know, all the stuff that's like, uh, oh, somebody's already doing this. They do it really well already. Why? Oh, why bother? You know, so there was that stuff to get past. Um, but that's kind of the whole point of my podcast is, is getting past that, that self-talk that, that we, um, especially in midlife, we've worn some pretty deep ruts it, as far as what we're telling ourselves on a daily basis, the, the, the habit thought that we have. And so I was like, well, boy, you know, that's the whole point of what I'm doing. I better get off my butt and do this. And um, so like last December 2019, I guess it was, I got brave and I outed myself on Facebook and I just said, hey, guys, I've had this idea. I've been putting it off. I can't. The, the, the voice in my head just wouldn't go away. It was so annoying. Oh, my goodness. It's like, nee, 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 nee. and I was like, I'm doing this. And I literally said, I'm drawing a line in the sand. This is it. So I outed myself. And then it was like, oh. <laughs> and when I, hit, when I hit the go button on that post, I, I I mean, at least for a solid hour or two afterwards, my adrenaline was, my heart was thumping in my chest. I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? Um, so yeah, that's how I did it. And then, and then it was like, well, I, I didn't really know how to produce a podcast. I didn't have money to pay somebody to produce a podcast. So I had a lot of figuring out to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just kind of kept checking in on Facebook to say, hey, I'm, I am still working on this. This is what I'm doing. Who cares? You know, nobody cares but me. But I was like, you know, kept putting it out there to just keep myself rolling, you know? Mm -hmm. And also a, a form of self-accountability, right? That you're still talking about it. I, I read somewhere that there's this psychological thing that happens in our brains where like when we announce something that we're going to do, we feel successful already because we have announced it. And then we, you know, and then hang on one second. We haven't actually done it. So, <laughs> so, because you hear a lot of congratulations. Like, so for example, if we say, you know, I'm going back to school, I'm going to like, to you know whatever degree whatever law degree whatever you hear a lot of people congratulating exactly. you and saying, high five whatever and then you're like wait a second I haven't actually done this thing right. <laughs> exactly oh my gosh the response that I got on that post was I it makes me want to cry right now just thinking of it like all my friends were like all right go for it yay good good for you good for you and then I'm like oh I haven't done a damn thing oh my god <laughs> 
That's hilarious. I didn't think about that, but yeah. You talked a little bit about there was this bit of imposter syndrome voice, fraudy voice, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think a lot of us feel that way when we're trying to do something new, right? Yeah. So some people, when, uh, when we're doing something like that, and we feel sort of not quite enough for the role that we're doing mm-hmm. some people do it like uh like a little bit of a time like dipping my toes in the water first like trying a little bit and and going a little bit at a time whereas some people would would just jump right in and do a big splash and just like the equivalent of just jump into the swimming pool and get yourself wet the whole, you know, right away. Yes. Uh, Whereas some people would just like daintily sort of get into it. How was your experience? What was, was, what's your style? It depends, I guess. Um, With the podcast, it was very much jumping in with both feet. It was because it was kind of the only way to do it. It was, it you know, I, I did a lot of research. I Googled a lot of things. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I had to figure out how to build a website. I had to, if I was going to do a podcast, I had to have a place for people to come find me, you know. So there was a lot of figuring out. So that was a full jump in the water. Jump in the cold water and it's going to be fine. Um when I did photography, when when I made that pivot in my life, that was more like dipping my toes because mm-hmm. I had um, a full-time job at the time. Uh, I took a course that took me about three years to finish to do professional photography. And literally what I just started with was just carrying my camera with me everywhere I went. Um, and then I just started doing photos for family and for friends and kind of, and it would just build on the side. It was like a little word of mouth thing. And after a while I had built up enough where the jobs, I wasn't advertising. I wasn't marketing photography. I wasn't doing any of that work on my business at that point. Um, but I realized, okay, people are coming to me now. And, Mm. and then, so, so, but still I didn't go full time with photography until I got laid off from a job, you know, so then I was in with both feet. Right. Right. right? right. But I got pushed in that time. (laughs) I will tell you my experience to your point, you can't do it halfway, like the process of producing the podcast itself you have to do it all the way because otherwise it won't go out, right? right. But my not jumping all in uh, manifested itself with how I talked about the podcast because oh, I did not talk about the podcast for a long time. Right. Like, only a handful of people knew, like my close friends or like the people who sort of um, – my family, close friends, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so I would mention it, like even on the newsletter, for example. So I even back then I had a newsletter that I would send out to subscribers. But I will tell you, I, I, like every now and again I would mention it, but I wouldn't mention it regularly. I wouldn't talk about it, and a lot of it is because I still was growing into the role of a podcaster. I didn't introduce myself as a podcaster. So that was my way of not jumping in all in. Yes. Um, So what about you? When you produced the show, were you all out and like talking about it and introducing yourself to people and just embracing your role as a podcaster immediately? Yeah. Yeah, I was ready. 
I was I I, I was ready. It it really does feel like a. It felt like a now or never, and I really. I am. Re- I, I guess I'm just really on a mission <laughs> mm. uh, with what I'm doing with this podcast, and so I, I do feel very driven to make sure that um, if I'm going to do the podcast, that I that people are going to listen. Hopefully, you know. So if I don't talk about it, who's going to talk about it? You know. Um, so it's awkward. It's a challenge, you know, it's all that stuff, uh, because it, it feels very much like, look at me, look at me. But, but I, I, when I, when I can get past like and go, it's not about look at me, look at me. It's about look at this idea. Look at this, this idea that here we are in midlife and we've got all this time left ahead of us still. And what are we going to do with that time? You know, just that, that question in and of itself is fascinating to me. Well, I can tell because even even with the collection or the guests that you have invited on the show, so I could tell how much you're really embracing your new role. Uh, I will tell you, for example, when I started, this is another way that it, it showed how uh, I was hesitant in assuming the role. Like, I swear to God, my first 25 guests were all people I knew. Like, I did not ah. invite anybody I did not know. Yeah. Because I, I was, I was, I didn't know how to invite people. I was afraid to invite people. Yes. I didn't know, like, how would I approach this person who I did, I don't know, and I'm just starting and I'm barely starting and I don't know what I'm doing. Whereas I know from, because we talk about this, how you, you, you you step out and you put yourself out there and you invite people who are new to you and to your audience. Yeah, that's been a really, uh, that's been, I think, the biggest surprise um, is that I've found it in myself to be able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I do a lot of research. I do a lot of um, listening to other podcasts and, and I'm doing a lot of research into the middle-aged brain and, uh, and health and all the things, you know, and when I read something, it leads me to a person. And then, um, Mm. I, I guess the first couple of times it was super scary to reach out to people. I was like, who's going to come on this podcast? That's like brand new. Nobody knows anything about it. Why would they bother? You know, but but you said yes. I didn't know you very well when I asked you. You were like one of my first people. And, uh, you know, and, and so it's been a mix of people I know and or people I've just met. Um, and then sometimes it's just a cold reach out to somebody who I think is a perfect person to talk to. And people are really uh, open to, to yes. doing it. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you said yes. <laughs> yes. You know, what you're describing is my answer to this question, but I wanted to ask you like what what was there something that you initially worried about that ended up to be there's nothing to worry about this at all. Was there something about about yeah. It was It that. was how to find guests and and was anybody going to come on um that that is the thing that I worried about that turned out not to be something to worry about, (laughs) you know? And I have a ginormous list of guests that I still haven't even approached 
And some of them, frankly, are because I'm like, oh, they'll never say yes. So it's still it's still there. It's definitely there's definitely still some some dream guests that I have that I'm like, yeah, I'm not ready to approach them. Um, and then, but it's a it's a huge list of guests where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely going to be in touch with that person. You know? Yes. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, was there? Uh, I guess in terms of your own personal growth, uh, just you know, assuming this role, getting, you know, uh, um, really embracing the role of podcaster. What do, what do you think is your biggest sort of um, area of personal growth? Mm, gosh, there's been a lot of personal growth involved with this. <laughs> Tons. Um, uh, just, just making it happen. I mean, just figuring out the tech the technical areas. The, the yeah. tech has been a real, a really like I'm definitely patting myself on the back, my little middle aged yeah. self for <laughs> figuring out the tech. Um, that that's been big, but um, I think it's like wow, I'm on episode thirty, thirty. I'm doing. I'm in the middle of editing episode thirty two right now, Woo-hoo. and I'm like, okay, so it's six months in. Um, yes. I can do this regularly. Like I can, I know, like it's, it's being, it's knowing that I can, that I am not like, oh, I'm not flaking out on it. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm doing this every week. Just the, just the function of doing it every week has been, has been big. And it's also, um, putting me into some good some better habits with time management which has always been a challenge for me so um that's been an area of growth i believe that when we make changes in ourselves these changes inevitably affect how we show up and engage in the world now some changes like a career pivot the 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 difference in the way that we show up in the world is obvious. Of course, when we go from being ABC to XYZ, we show up differently. We engage with the world differently because we're doing something different. But some changes are more subtle, like a change in habit or a change in perspective or a change in worldview. These changes are more subtle. They're more internal. And yet I believe that they still show up. We may talk differently or hold ourselves differently. We may even hold others differently. And it's always fascinating to reflect on how our change decisions have impacted us in a broader scale. For example, I feel that the confidence that I've gained as a podcaster shows up in how I now engage with people. Comparing myself today to how I was, say, 5-10 years ago, I would say that I'm much more comfortable chatting with people who I don't know so well. I'm much more comfortable asking them about themselves, about their stories, Whereas in the past, I might have thought that I don't want to be intrusive. Now, I believe that most everybody just wants to be heard and want to be able to tell their stories. And I'm more than happy to help them do that. Now, Yvonne told me that she didn't think the way she engaged with people has changed very much since starting the podcast. But there is one thing that she has noticed about herself now. Hmm. I do 
kind of always have my podcaster hat on, not intentionally, but like I said, it's that voice in the back of my head that's always like, and I was going to say if I'm someplace, I'm never any place, but if I'm in a Zoom call with people or if I'm... (laughs) That's how I connect with people these days. If I am um, interacting with like, so I'm, you know, in the What Works Network or a couple of other places that I, they regularly attend. If I get into a conversation with somebody or I hear something that sparks me, I get so excited, you know. I spoke with a couple of uh, people who write novels or fiction stories, right? And they tell me how they find themselves, their brain is always like, oh, like they, they'll overhear someone talking and they're like, oh, that's an interesting dialogue that I could incorporate. Like they never really take off their writer hat. Right. Everything is fodder. Everything is input. Yes. Everything is potential source material. Everything. It's true. Like, I'm like, is this healthy? I don't know if this is healthy, but <laughs> but it is. It is what it is. And it doesn't feel like a burden. It feels like an, it feels like an excitement. So I'm like, I'm running with it, you know? Yeah, it's almost as if there's another part of my brain that got turned on, like that, that like a, a like a switch that was flipped yeah. on. Like the, the, the before I wouldn't probably pay attention, but now I pay attention. Right, right. It's right? like, I forget what they call that, um, that I'm, I'm reading a really interesting book right now um, that talks a lot about the way the brain works. And, and, and it's that whole idea of, you you meet somebody, they have a particular kind of car, and then you keep seeing that car everywhere. Yes. It's that yes. same idea. So I can I I keep I just keep seeing fodder and information that I want to tap into. Potential stories, yeah. potential people to interview, like another angle to this that you want to you know yes. highlight in your podcast. That is awesome. I asked Yvonne to finish a couple of sentences. First, this experience taught me. This experience taught me that I can do what I set my mind to. Awesome. And also, I am? I am a podcaster. And uh, I'm a storyteller. That's, yeah, that's what I am. I'm a storyteller. Actually, could you talk a little bit about your podcast? Because we've been talking about it for this entire time. Could you talk a little bit about the podcast? So for the listeners, they know what it is and they know how to find it and they know how you, you know, what you're talking about in your podcast. Absolutely. Um, so it's called Late Bloomer Living. And the idea is just to look at midlife reinvention about redefining what midlife is and all the I think, as I was saying before, the the deeply worn ruts that we have as midlifers um, and the, the resignation maybe that sets in around midlife where you kind of feel like all done, wah, 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 I did that, um, you know, what's next? I don't know. And just getting excited about what's next, like the possibility, what, it, what got me excited and the reason I decided to do the podcast was because I had changed up some personal habits, my diet, my exercise, and I was feeling energetic and good for the first time in a while. And that got me feeling like excited for what might be next and thinking, okay, if I'm approaching, now I'm 52 now, but I was approaching 50, I was like, if I ha- if I stay healthy and I've got another 30 years ahead of me, what am I going to do with it, right? We're not dead yet. 
So like, let's, you know, let's, it could be something exciting. It doesn't have to be like a winding down, you know, I'm, uh, I don't ever want to retire. I, if I'm doing something I love, I want to, I want to be working until I go, you know? And so who do you normally interview? Other, other midlifers? Yes. I normally interview other midlifers who, Most of them have done some sort of a pivot and are on the other mm. side of that pivot. And so we talk about what that was like for them and how how that's working out now. And then a few brave souls have come on in the middle of working through a process of figuring out what's next for them. So that's been really cool. Um, and then next week, ooh, well, I don't know when this will air, but um, I actually just interviewed a millennial The reason I found her and the reason I got excited about her is that she has uh, put together a platform for intergenerational cross mentoring from mm -hmm. so that she's got uh, baby boomers with she ma she pairs up baby boomers and millennials, let's say, um, that can mentor each other. And to create that that connection between generations. And I just can't wait to get that one out in the world. Now, that episode that Yvonne was just referring to, it did come out. It is episode 32 of the Late Bloomer Living Podcast. And the guest is uh, Charlotte Jap. Of course, I'm going to put a link to that episode in the show notes. I'm, I'm excited about all the guests that I've already interviewed that I still have to edit. Um, and, and a couple of people that I'm lining up right now to come on the show. I am so excited about who's coming on the show right now. So that's, that's exciting. Um, I'm excited because I'm starting to get feedback from people mm. who are thinking about making some big changes in their lives and the podcast is helping them. And that is like, Oh my gosh, this is so, it's just so exciting to hear that from people um, and, and justifies everything that I'm doing uh, when I hear that. So that's exciting. Okay, I hope you enjoyed listening to Yvonne's story. You can find out more about her and her podcast, Late Bloomer Living, at latebloomerliving.com. I'm going to put the links to the, her podcast and her social media stuff on the show notes at secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast, please do me a solid and share it with your friends. You spreading the word about the show helps tremendously. Now for our next episode, which will drop in a couple of weeks, I am joined by Bridget Lyons, who dared to live the freedom that she has always wanted. In 2020, she and her husband took off to live in a mobile trailer and became truly location independent, all this while running a business. This is a fascinating look behind the scenes of what it is really like to be 100% mobile and to live and work in a very, very small space. So I can't wait for you to hear that episode. The best way to not miss that episode and all future episodes is to subscribe to the podcast, which you can do using the app that you're using right now to listen to this episode. Uh, so just look for the subscribe button and hit it. <laughs> Or if you happen to be listening to this on the website, right around the uh, audio player, you're going to find some options for podcast apps as well. 
Okie dokie, I'll be back in a couple weeks with Bridget Lyons. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans.